drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in now. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Cornelius, Marvin Jones. Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Cornelius. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on everybody? We are back. Me and Grifka, we did something we rarely, if ever, do on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast, and that is take a little bit of a break. The 4th of July holiday, we had lots going on. We just said, let's just take this week off, regroup. I had some announcements I dropped on Twitter. Me and Grifka, uh, we're just excited to be back, and uh, we've got a new setup here, so if we sound a little bit different, trying something new, we have a soundboard that uh, we're going to be working with to have a little fun, so lots going on, Grifka, man. It's great to be back on the show and have you back, buddy. How are you? Doing good, doing good. It's nice to be back talking about the lines again. Absolutely, man, and and it's pretty exciting. This is the... uh, this is the time where we're coming back from the holiday with all the new stuff. Like I said, new audio setup. But we have a new series that we're starting today, Grifka. A new series we did last year. We had some fun with it. It's a, it's, it's a series we like to call Dollars and Cents. And with Dollars and Cents, Grifka, what we do is we help and we tell the people everything about the Lions rosters at different positions – what their money is, maybe how old they are. Are they going to make this roster? Is that a good contract, a bad contract? I mean, we talk it through. We break it down, looking at numbers, looking at all the things you normally don't look at when I yell about you, yell at you about other players. I mean, are you pumped up to do some dollars and cents, Griff, because you can be educated? Yeah, I love doing these shows. These are I think so too, man. So I gave you the idea of you could pick who we wanted to talk about. And uh, again, of course, you gave me the more work. You gave me the D-line and the O-line. So we got about about 20 guys to go through. And then on our Friday show, you're going to talk about quarterbacks and safeties for the people. So um, we are going to break down the big fellas on both sides of the football. You ready to do this? Yeah, let's get this started. I know the people are interested in this. Absolutely, man. Dollars and cents 2019 is kicking off. So um, let's go ahead and let's get right into it, man. We got – I want to start on the defensive side of the ball, Grifka. I want to talk about the big fella, the biggest fella of the big fellas. I want to talk about snacks right off the top. This guy is like on everybody's mind when it comes to the Detroit Lions – He's the anchor in the middle, Damon Harrison, defensive tackle, nose tackle. This guy's making a base of $6.75 million. He got a $250,000 workout bonus that he obviously didn't care about uh, as he's trying to kind of rework some things with the Lions. Um, a cap hit of about $7 million. 
I mean, uh, what do you think about that numbers for the big fella? And are we going to get this guy in camp or what? Because I, I shouted out on Twitter that uh, we really need this guy. Sending some crazy tweets where you're trying to figure out what he's talking about or what the heck's going on. And uh, I really want to just get all this settled and get him in here. But what are you thinking about his current number? Um, just uh, break it down however you want. Well, like you said, um, his cap hit, you know, with all of his little bonuses and everything they get, I mean, that's at $7 million. And at what he does for this team, what he brings to this team, what he brought last team, last year to this team, I think $7 million, you know, is, is definitely, he's worth every dollar of that. I, I don't believe he's overpaid. Um, I, in my mind, I think we have talked, spoke about this before. I think he may even be, be a little underpaid for, for what he does. And I know, he's, like you said, he's, he's holding out looking for that uh, contract extension, looking for a few more dollars. But, um, you know, the base salary of the 6.75 and the workout bonus, I'm not for sure what he needs to do to hit that because it doesn't sound like he's really, you know, he has, he's been to any of the workouts. He's, you know, once again, holding out. So, obviously, the, the, the was it the 250000 really doesn't, um, that's probably just, you know, he gets that and he's just like throw it on the stack, you know. So, uh, it's like I think he's worth worth every, every dollar of this. And I don't think we'd have to worry about dead cap with him because I can't see the Lions cutting him at any, at any point. Yeah, and they're with you, man. Uh, you know, I think he's worth, you know, more than what he's being paid. Now, I, I do have an issue sort of in general when it comes to contracts about, you know, when you – the NFL can sort of cut a player if they want. So the players have an issue with that. And then the teams have an issue when a guy actually balls out and he had signed a contract and outplays it, then they want the more money. You know, it's kind of like, how, how do you have it both ways for both sides? You know, I, I'm not sure. So that's where I'm caught up with, with snacks here. Of like he signed this deal. It was probably a really good deal at the time for the position. Now he's playing really well and in a good situation. He knows that the Lions really need him and, you know, wants, wants more dough. Like, I don't know, man, it, it doesn't seem like there's been much, you know, talk about it or we haven't heard much. So that, that worries me. I, I don't want to see a holdout. I don't want to see this guy, uh, you know, not be in camp. And I'm also curious that it might just come day one at camp and him and Slay might just show up. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to want to give away this, you know, six and a half, seven million uh, bucks either so again he's a little bit of an older guy when it comes with that position you know I think you can play at an older age so snacks man we love you at this price when it comes to dollars and cents we know you want some more dollars and cents but uh, you know like I say we, we need you on this football team as well so I'm hoping between Bobby Quinn Matt Pat and those guys can go ahead take care of the biggest of the big fellas in the middle on the defensive side of the ball and get him handled Grifka we're going to kind of talk about these top couple more so than others. But this next guy, I mean, I think he deserves one of my favorite, like, sound clips that I got. And and I, I know it's your favorite as well. I mean, this one deserves one of these, doesn't it? Oh, woo! Grifka, this is our boy, Trey Flowers. Now, this guy, we've said it before on the show that we almost think he gets lost in the wash. I swear, when his name came back up on this list, I was kind of like, Oh my gosh, that's right. We got big Trey. I mean, I don't forget about him, but like, I, I just haven't seen him in a Lions jersey. He hasn't many plays for us yet, so he's a little bit still under the radar. But look at this guy's contract, man. Trey Flowers in the prime of his career, absolute 
thick beast at the defensive end position that I think we're just going to be, you know, absolutely totally happy with. Base salary, $805,000. You heard me right, Grifka. 800K for Trey Flowers as a base. Now, they, they have a signing bonus here marked of 5.6 mil. But he's only a cap hit of $6.4 million in 2019. I mean, we know the crazy numbers that he got, upwards to $90 million with more than half that, I believe, guaranteed. But talk to me about Big Trey Boy and actually being a discount here in the first year or so. I mean, got to love it. And I think we just cannot wait to see this guy in our uniform. It's almost like we got to see it, and then everybody will be realizing what we got in this guy. Yeah, Trey Flowers signing the five-year deal in the off-season coming here. I mean, obviously work with Matt Pat. You know, I think that maybe one of the reasons why he, I don't want to say like team discount because you know that small that small first year with um, you know the 5.6 signing bonus like you said. But you know, obviously next year and the year after that, it continues to rise the salary. So this is all you know backloaded on the back end. So. What he's, you know, costing the lines this year, you know, with a cap hit of, you know, what, like 6.4, you know, a little over 6.4. That's what this guy's, you know, as long as he comes in and he does what he did for the Patriots, you know, you know, get somebody here that can establish that and plays the rush, plays the, the run really well, can get to the quarterback, you know, you know, here you go. You get the bell out if you want. I mean, he's not Reggie White, but he's a definite upgrade of, of what of what the Lions had last year. And I, I think it's not like a small step either. That's this is a, a you know this is, this is a, a giant leap forward for the Lions at the defensive end. So you know, this year 805. I mean, that's like that's like thank you very much. That's that's all we can say. And and it's one of those things, like you said, I, like you had just mentioned before. You know, how, how's this fair, you know, on the back end? Because once again, you know, near the end of this contract, you know, it could be one of those things like, hey, Trey, thanks for staying around. You cost us too much now. So, but this year we're going to take him. He's going to be worth every dollar of that, of the uh, 6.4, you know, cap hit that, that he has, you know, this year. So, Grifka, in summary. Yeah! That's really your thoughts on Trey Flowers, right? Yep, yep. been touting it all off season. <laughs> he said he's lost in the sauce. ESPN doesn't uh, think it was that great a sign, uh, signing because he's just always like the afterthought signing. So this guy's going to do some damage on this defense this year. All right, one one quick other thing for you, Grifka. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. So Grifka, you threw out some generalizations. Let me let me give you the numbers a little bit more uh, in, in depth, specifics. And since I I do my homework on the show, the people know that. So he's got this crazy number in 2019, but in 2020 the guy's got a base of still only 11, which works out as a cap hit of 16. So he goes from six all the way up to 16, nearly 17. Then he creeps up near 20. Uh, in 2021, the dude's still only 28 years old in 2021. 2022, it takes another $4 million jump to $23 plus million cap hit. And then by the time his deal is up, the guy's barely turning 30 years old. And yeah, he's back at the $24 million amount. But I mean, these first two, if not three years, is where we're going to hopefully get it done regardless anyway when it comes to this football team. So, 
I just had to drop a little more knowledge on you right there, but you smell what I'm cooking. Yeah, yeah, I got that same you know stuff wrote down. But hey, congratulations, you read it. <laughs> uh, absolutely, man. Well, let's uh, let's keep this thing moving. Like I say, we want to spend some time on these top guys. Uh, Romeo Quara Grifka. Let me throw you to him. The people know I'm a big proponent of this guy. I love his age, his contract amount. Romeo, uh, only 700k basically in base salary. Uh, $900,000 signing bonus in regards to his contract and his actual cap hit is still under 2 million, even with the re-sign and the restructure. So, um, you know, Romeo Quar, I believe is kind of rating that just turning 23 age range. I mean, we picked him up off the scrap heap for the giants. I, I kind of love what this guy brings to the table now that I've seen him for a year really seems like a guy that can make plays and can also be a good rotation guy too. You know, he's not a guy that needs to be out there starting or playing every snap, but I just think a really good young athlete that uh, can play the position. What do you think? Yeah. What his uh, salary is, like you said, at the 1.7, the next year that uh, jumps up, I believe to, was it 4.1? And, you know, he's still young, still, you know, kind of, you know, he's still developing. So this could be one of those things where I think his contract lasts for another two or three years. And then uh, he'll, he'll still be young enough if he's developed into what the Lions believe he can be. I, I, like you said, I, I think they just kind of took a flyer on this guy, saw his potential, and he produced from last year. And this year, you know, with his salary, with uh, Flowers on the other end, he could be, you know, he could be so underpaid. If the defense is, if offenses are, you know, designing to try to stop Trey Flowers on one end, Aquara coming off the other end, because he was getting decent pressure, had what seven sacks last year, with, you know, pretty much nobody, nobody on the other side. So, you know, he could be grossly underpaid for what he could do this, do for this team. And when his contract is up, I mean, if he develops and produces like we're hoping he does. He could come in for a big payday, but you know, this year at the 1.78, with um, you know, that's including his few bonuses. It's a uh, once again, this is another guy I think is, is is underpaid for what he can do for the Lions. Yeah, two years, 6.8 mil. Uh, not a free agent until 2022, and uh, in 2019, the guy's going to be just 24 years old. So, um, you know. Definitely loving. He's kind of one of those wild cards, too. Like, is he going to back up the season he had? Is he going to take a little step back? You know, is he going to play a big role? Are they going to kind of rotate him in? I'm really curious to see what they do with Romeo. So um, the the next name, Grifka, is one you got to say with respect. This is one you got to say with a little something, something on it. And that's that guy, Sean Robinson. This guy's a big defensive tackle. He's one of your favorites. He looks like he's 50. He plays like he's 20. Uh, he's an absolute beast, and he hates the media. And when you're talking about his contract, I mean, he makes 1.1 mil, uh, you know, basically a $1.6 million cap hit, still on his rookie deal. That's going to be coming up here, so they're going to have a decision to make. Grifka, talk to me about Sean and say it with some respect, would you please? Um with A. Sean's rookie contract, if he continues to make leaps and bounds forward like he did last year, like we had talked, I think that benching really lit a fire underneath him. He could be one of those guys that when Snacks is looking for that extension, when it's just like, well, 
like we don't need you. We we have Ashan. You know, you can be a rotational. We don't have to pay you as much because your replacement's already here. So him with that rookie contract, if he continues to do what he's done, like you said, this guy has a mean streak, and it just seems like he just always wants to like you know tear apart everybody when he's on the field. And I love players like that. So rookie contract, the guy has the fire now to go out there and play because he knows just like fine, we'll bench you. And then like like we have talked about that before, where if 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 guys are kind of like malcontents, other coaches and stuff like, yeah, we can handle them. We can rope them, but that can really limit your market because some teams don't want to have to deal with that. So it you know, lines, you know, have him develop. He plays at that mean streak like he did last year, continues to do what he does, you know, 1.66, you know, for cap it this year on that rookie contract. He could be in line for a big payday. Um, we're not talking like what Indomitian and Sue was looking for, obviously, but you know, his salary increase, um, would be, could be, you know, just monstrous for what he could do. Yeah, man. I like your take. Now, before I give my quick rebuttal, I gotta, I gotta, uh, hit the people with this. Cause this might be, you know, an example of what might happen before I say it. It was a bad decision. Period. Point blank. It was a, a, one of the dumbest decisions I ever made. Now, hey, Sean, I don't want you to get mad at me. I don't want you to fight me. I don't want to see you in a dark or a lit alley, as Grifka would say. But, Let's let's look at this. Like everybody loved Ashawn Robinson when we drafted him. You know, everybody thought it was great value. He came in, he played pretty solid year one. You know, heading into that next year, like he had really fallen off and was not even barely out there. And people were wondering if this guy was gonna make the roster or if he was gonna be able to do anything. Now he seemed to come back, you know, last year and play pretty well, but again, he's a defensive tackle, not making a bunch of huge splash plays kind of a, a good run defender, a good beast, kind of a physical guy up front. But I'm always, you know, careful to pay those guys. You know, again, I'm looking at Ashan's age. He's been in the league now, uh, basically going into year four, which is crazy. And he's only 24 years old. I mean, one of the younger players coming out in his draft. And I like the point you made about, like, if we don't, get things together with snacks, like maybe, you know, we're using Ashawn as leverage, but I'm just a little hesitant to sort of say, I'm going to give a big payday to a defensive tackle unless he's absolutely tearing up the league, meaning getting pressures on the quarterback or being an absolute dominant run defender as snacks is. So again, all respect, Ashawn. I like you, man. There's no big issues. I don't want this to be the worst decision I ever made, but I think we got to double kind of step back and think about that, Grifka, and think, let's see what this guy does this year. If he comes out and he's absolutely nasty, okay, yeah, we can get to the negotiating table. But if he comes out and has kind of a, a hit or miss year or he doesn't get some sacks and strip fumbles and, and be dominant in the, in the trenches of that defense, you know, I think you want to be sure, you know, what you're doing with your money because um, we do have some other guys we got to take care of. So I just wanted to bring that up as well. Very valid points. Let's uh, let's keep this moving now that we got some of the big names uh, off the radar. We got one more big name, which this guy, again, is another guy that I feel like is getting lost in the wash. This is Deshaun Hand. Now, when this guy was coming out in the draft, I had, I loved, like, his interviews. I loved kind of the solid football player that had become at Alabama. But I heard some draft analysts say, this guy's a terrible athlete. He can't bend. He can't move. He can't do anything. 
he came in and played really good. He seems to have a great attitude. I really like this guy. Now, when you look at his contract, I like him even more. This guy makes only $500,000 in regards to a base. I mean, he's barely at 700K for the for the year. 0.38 of our overall salary cap is what Sean Hand is eating up. I feel like you can play him inside, you can play him outside, and do all these types of things. I'm really looking to see if Deshaun Hand can back it up and can also really carve out a big time role on this team because I got no issues with his contract. I got no issues with his personality, his character, and uh, I think everything's rolling in the right direction. I don't think. Anybody even realizes this guy yet. He's sort of under the radar unless you absolutely are a draft nerd and a, and a football guy like, like we like we are. So um, talk to me about a, a little bit about Sean Han, his dollars and cents, Griff. Yeah, still working on that uh, rookie deal right there. And uh, I think where they got him in the draft, he's worth every dollar what they're giving him. I, I realize a lot of that money slotted. But still, I mean, like you said, I, I was reading and hearing those same things. You know, the guy's slow. He's, he's very, very stiff. And um, they weren't even for sure, you know, what type of impact he would make on this team. But uh, I believe he's being coached up. He's playing maybe a little a bit above of what uh, of what uh, teams were expecting or what scouts were expecting of him. So, you know, his contract, I mean, it's obviously going to go up the next couple of years, you know, what all rookie contracts do. But uh, – if he can, if he's coachable, he seems very coachable, and he's uh, taking um, the direction needed to be the best player he can for this team. Um, cornbread. Yeah, maybe he's eating plenty of cornbread as well. I mean, I like cornbread too, but uh, you know that. I mean, simple. You know, seven hundred forty thousand cap hit, rookie contract. You know, I don't think he'll ever be a beast, but I think he's going to have a. He's going to be one of those guys that has a definite role on this team, and he's going to be. I think he's going to be better than average, but I don't think he's he's going to be like turn into like an all pro type player like that. So uh, his contract for for this year and even uh, through the rest of the rookie contract, he's gonna he's gonna be here playing out his rookie contract. So. Now, Griff, I have one quick comeback, and it comes from Ozzie Guillen and Ocho Cinco because you, you said you read up on them in the draft. Everybody knows you don't read up, and all you do is watch games, so I got this for you. Child, please. Please. That's what all the people were saying when you're talking about you're doing all this research. You sit in the Lazy Boy, you watch games, and that's why you're a draft expert, right? Well, I did see plenty of Alabama games and right. He was pretty much a rotation guy there. But what I stated was I was reading and hearing the same things you did. And that was after Child, please. talking about please. drafted. So, I mean, contrary to popular opinion, I do read up on some guys and stuff like that. I just don't, you know, care about the eighth round guy, you know, from South Dakota <laughs> state that, you know, you seem to have all the knowledge on guys. So sorry, I, I couldn't tell you that. I didn't know who Zach Zenner was when, when they signed him. Okay. Just to let you know, I want winners. I want people that want to win. <laughs> okay. Griff, like I said, uh, you, you got to read up on Zach Zenner. Now he's your favorite player. What's that like? Uh, why do you like him so much? <laughs> Double Z, man. See alliteration. Well, what would it be if it was three? You'd be asleep. <laughs> Absolutely, man. All right, so we got the we got the big dogs out of the way, man. Snacks, flowers, Aquara, Aishon, and uh, Deshaun Hands. So um, let's talk about some of the other guys. Uh, next guy I want to bring up actually is uh, the rookie Austin Bryant. Again, on a rookie deal, taken later in the draft, so only making less than five hundred thousand bucks. Um, 
came from Clemson pedigree program. You know, it's crazy to me, these NFL players. I mean, they're, they're big stars. The NFL is the biggest game in the world. And I keep looking at these yearly amounts, yearly cap hits, $677,000. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I think this guy will be a great kind of backup to Kennard. I think he can move around a little bit. He's a pretty stout, big fella. I mean, I keep looking at his size and like 6'5", 270-ish. Hasn't even been in an NFL weight room yet. I mean... Any quick thoughts on Austin Bryant, what you can expect so we can get you on the record so when he's good and you can't say I told you so? No, I thought it was a good pick when they took him. I mean, it was obviously part of a dominant defensive line, but it was one of those stacked defensive lines. So um, my, my only worry about Bryant was is was and is is that I hope he just wasn't a product of having so much talent around him. And that can happen to some guys. There's so much talent, you know, on, on defensive lines that offenses have to focus on guys and like, we're going to just let this guy go one-on-one. And most times he's able to beat, beat who he's going against. Um, like you said, I believe with um, obviously rookie contract, you know, going to be, I believe, like you said, he'll be a nice backup as well. I just, my only fear is that there was just so much talent on that Clemson defensive line. He was the guy that teams were like, okay, he's the weakest one. We can let him play. And you know we'll we'll take our 50-50 chance with him. Um, I don't I don't know if he'll be a starter for the Lions, but he'd definitely be a good rotational player for him. Yeah, man, uh, agree with you there. I, I bet all these young guys are kind of saying, "Where's my money?" Like they gotta be saying, "Where's my money?" When they're like, "Man, I'm making like 500k. I'm making what lawyers make. I'm beating on my body. Are you kidding me?" Where's my money? So uh, I bet you they got some issues there. Grifka, Darius Kilgo, do we need to talk a ton about him? Do you love him as a defensive tackle? Like, I want to blow past him, but Ashawn, if, I mean, uh, big snack boy, if he's not there, like somebody's going to have to play the uh, the inside middle. So is it going to be Darius Kilgo at 700K for you? <laughs> Darius Kilgo, I mean, the guy's, he's just been around, he's been around here a couple years and he get, kind of gets stuck on the practice squad and, and, um, He's that guy, so I don't think he'll be the guy. But uh, I mean, he'll he'll be here. I, 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 if he's if he's one of our starters, he's got to be something miraculous. Or if he's one of our starters, we're really really injured. So yeah. What about a uh, what do you think about PJ Johnson, uh, late rookie seventh rounder? Again, uh, barely not even making five hundred k. Got him locked up for four or five years. If he makes the roster, like. Do you, do you think you can find a steal there because he has he's big and athletic, or do you think that's going to be a uh, you know a swing and a miss there late uh, on a on a big fellow that they took with some upside? No, I think they w- they would keep him over you know some of those other guys that have like future contracts and stuff like that. So PJ Johnson, they always I mean you always tend to hear guys that have been drafted get a little more clout than the uh, undrafted uh, free agents, undrafted rookie free agents. Um, they, they might, they already might have a, you know, be a step, you know, ahead of them simply because they drafted them. So, um, it's one of those things they already have a tiny bit of money invested in the guy. So I think, uh, PJ Johnson will be around. Give this guy a couple years though. Um, his size, athleticism, he could be, um, we're not talking, you know, snacks Harrison dominant in a few years, but a definite, uh, rotational player for this team that, um, will, you know, will be effective. You know, he could be very effective with the style of defense that uh, Matt Patricia employs. Yep, good stuff. Uh, I'm curious to see PJ. I just uh, didn't know much about him, and, and those late-round picks always intrigue me. 
we'll uh, move through these last ones pretty quick. This is an undrafted guy that I, I think we got to sort of watch out for. He's sort of a linebacker, but they have him here as defensive end listed. Uh, Malik Carney um, out of North Carolina under 500K. A lot of people said that some good things about this guy, and he's at a position where we're kind of looking to see what our rotation may be. Do you, you have any thoughts on him? Yeah, undrafted free agent. So what if they uh, – like those guys are what? If if you lose them, like uh, there's like no cap hit, you know, or anything like that, no dead, no dead money. I know they brought him in some because of the Lions. They're looking for pass rushers. And – he didn't have that great of stats at North Carolina, but I guess they like his athleticism that he can play a couple of positions either at, you know, outside linebacker or D end. But, um, you know, if he, if he sticks, he's going to be a practice squad guy. I, I think he may be a guy that the Lions could hide on the practice squad. Yeah. We'll see what happens with them. Let's let me name off these last four or five again. We're just going to give you their base amounts and see if Griff has got any takes on them. Excuse me, John Atkins. Um, he's a defensive tackle, big fellow as well, makes under 500K. These are all basically minimum type deals. Matt Nelson, defensive tackle. Ray Smith, defensive tackle. Uh, Kevin Strong, defensive tackle. And then they have Jonathan Wynn out at defensive end. Any uh, takes on any of those guys or think, uh, think anything of them or just uh, as you normally like to say, give us one of your catchphrases you like to do? Oh, you know, I've been waiting to hear, I've been waiting to say this. Cannon fodder. There you go, man. They're tackling them in the camp. They're like, are you guys okay? Good. You guys go out there and get hit again by the starters? Good. Get out there. We want to save the real guys. So that's what these guys are. They're brought in to, uh, you know, play when the other guys, you know, get their three reps in in, uh, in uh, camp. So you guys go out, put some stuff on tape for other teams. But uh, I'm, not, uh, I'm not feeling any of these guys, like, making any impact on the team or making the roster. Absolutely, man. So, so that's most of the, the D-line uh, side when it comes to just some of their general contract numbers. Again, we're not going to break down every little thing here, but we want to give you the player, kind of his general amount. What is his cap hit? Do we need to get out? I think the general consensus, uh, you know, across the board is that that big snacks boy. I mean, he's looking at Bob Quinn going, where's my, where's my, where's my money? I mean, he's definitely asking that question. And then Trey is, is, he knows where his money is, and it's electronic deposit right into that big bank account of his. We got some young talent on that defensive line. I'm really curious with Austin Bryant. We've got PJ Johnson, who will have some intrigue, like you said, just because he's a draft pick. Malik Carney, is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive end? Can he add anything? Or, like you said, the uh, undraft, it's going to be hard to make the team. And then we got some guys, which, again, I'm not going to disrespect him as Grifka does, but uh, some guys that are definitely depth guys that, uh, you know, we don't have a huge take on and they don't really make much money. So I don't see any bad contracts there, Grifka, on the defensive line. I mean, it seems a bunch of young guys. It seems like they spread the money out pretty well. I mean, I'm pretty pretty okay with that across the board. How about you? Yeah, um, I feel the exact same way. The, so uh, you agree? I agree with you. Yeah, that, it's like the only, um, like you said, uh, the only one I, you might think about later down the road is the uh, potential for a um, cap casualty, maybe flowers near the end, simply because this that contract is is so back loaded. And if Bob Quinn kind of runs the same, you know, style as the New England Patriots, they may be looking to think, you know, move this guy before he gets. And he wouldn't. The worst part is he won't even be like old at the end of that contract. It's still 
you know, it, it depends on what the, what the salary cap looks like at that, you know, obviously it will increase year after year, the cap does, but uh, it depends on what the lines are looking to do as well. But that might be the only one I'd be worried about a cap casualty simply because it's so backloaded. You heard it here, everybody. Grifka hates the uh, Trey Flowers contract. He thinks he's going to be washed up in two to three years. I mean, you can you can hit him up on Twitter at Grifka DKC and let him know what you think about that take. Uh, no, I'm no, just kidding with you. <laughs> no, that's not that one. I, I'm more. You know, I know we'll touch base on this contract <laughs> later on another show, but I'm more worried about that happening to the TJ Hawkinson contract. So, oh my gosh! Again, the hate tweets at Grifka DKC. Uh, send me all the. Uh, we love the show type stuff, but uh, like you say, uh, you heard Grifka. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Grifka, you got nothing to worry about about Trey Flowers, man. The guy's an absolute monster. He knows the defense. He's humble. I mean, if anything, we're going to be bringing this guy back on another monster deal before this one's up, if, if, if I had to guess. I mean, I absolutely love it. Love his age, everything he brings to the table. So, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is all about. I'm talking free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, Franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds way too complicated for the time you have available? I'm here to tell you, it's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. So you think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use the promo code KOOLAID, all one word, lowercase, to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Let's let's move on, Griffco. I think we kind of gave talk about each player. We really gave a nice little uh, you know synopsis there at the end, just kind of on that position in general. And again, since you loaded up my show today, we got to talk about the O line, man. One of our favorite talking points of like, man, Bobby Quinn has 
spent a lot of money on this O-line. He's went out and paid people. He's went out and drafted people. We're going to break it all down here with the first guy, one of your favorite players in the NFL, Griff. I mean, you love his contract. You love this football player. You think he's tremendous. He's a uh, an elite player at his position. Talk to me a little bit about Ricky Wagner making $9 bucks as a base salary, um, 11.9 cap hit. That's over 6% of our overall salary cap. I mean, you absolutely love that, right? Yeah, that's a... That's a big number for a right tackle, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad my friends find all that funny. But uh, um, the, the most, what I find the most amazing part of his contract is like his base salary is at nine million for the next, you know through the end, and his cap hits exactly the same, the eleven point nine. So I don't know. I, me and you have discussed this, you know, even like not even on the show we've discussed this where. I, I just I don't see it. I, I I think he gets burned too too easy on stuff. And you're like, well, you know, if you look at his, you know, his you know his, his rankings, uh, he's he's always rated pretty high. But I don't know. There's there's games he just seems like a turnstile, you know, for what he makes. You know, I guess I was expecting somebody a little more dominant. He seems to get injured a lot. Um, gosh, you know, cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Is that what you're saying, Griffka? I mean, you can play with the guy. I, I, I don't know if we can win with him, though. I mean, that's the biggest thing. But we uh, sunk so much money into this guy, and and I'm sure he's a nice guy, and you know, he probably does charity work and stuff like that. But this is one of those guys. You know, I could see him being a cap casualty. Not this year. Next year, maybe even to stretch that. Last year, though, I mean, where this dead cap money is only going to be like at 2.9. And last year, it might be one of those things. Just like you're just not. I don't know. I mean, I know you're going to talk me off the ledge because you re- I mean, you truly, from what our discussions offline, you really like Ricky Wagner. Yeah, I mean, you, you think he you think he does you know pretty well. I just I don't see it myself, especially for the amount of money this guy's getting paid. You're right, Griff. Griffka. I think Ricky Wagner's pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. Pretty, 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 Why? pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about Ricky Wagner. I mean, this, you know me when it comes down to like contracts, ages, you know, yeah, he's got some, some scary things. I mean, that's a big number, especially a big cap hit, but you know, I'm waiting. I've been waiting for basically two years now for these investments that Bob Quinn used to pay off and for us to have a really solid line, to have a healthy line, to have a run game, to smash people in the mouth. And I feel like everybody in the NFL especially, or kind of in general, and this is why I yell at you lots of weeks, is because we always want to, like, this immediate return. Like, if, if you pay a guy and he doesn't blow up his first year at all, like, everybody's up in arms, get rid of him. I mean, just go listen to a certain radio station if you want to hear all the uh, blowback where they just want to quit on every player the minute they don't absolutely do tremendous. I mean, Ricky Wagner's been a solid right tackle. I mean, again, he's a right tackle. Like, he's making big money, but – He's a right tackle, and now in the in the game, you need a good right and a good left. So we've drafted and paid guys at both spots that have been, in my opinion, more than solid. So, I mean, I would like him to be a little more dominant and nasty when it comes in the run game or just kind of like see him blowing people off the football. But, I mean, I the part I agree with you on is like not only do I want him to play better this year, but 
yeah, I mean, regardless almost of how he plays next year, it's more of a financial situation of, okay, even though if he played great this year, like you may want to move on from that money, draft a kid, you know, depending on what's in the draft. But I, I think he's been more than solid, could be better, and I'm hoping for a lot better in 2019. And that leads me to my next guy, your absolute probably top five in your favorite players in the NFL. I mean, this is a guy, again, I'll, I'll back him up. Uh, this is a guy we drafted, you know, when we drafted him, I was kind of hoping for some other players, but he did seem to be the best available. I think he's probably played damn near every snap over there. He's a great guy in the locker room from all things I can tell. He is only making under 2 million bucks, the left tackle position. I mean, I wish I had a list of the top five, even left tackles. I mean, I bet they all make anywhere from 12 to, 15-ish million when you're talking about the primo guys. Here we have above average to, as you would say, an average type player at $2 million at a premier position. Talk to me, Grifka, and talk to the people. Again, at Grifka, at Grifka DKC, if you want to get ahead of what he's about to say. Grifka, tell the people about Taylor Decker, his contract, and your personal hatred for him. Well, I mean, what his total cap hit is, you know, is at the uh, 34 uh, million this year. I mean, it's fourth year, and um, was it uh, was it the next year is the fifth year option where that'll be what the uh, I think it's ten point three. I believe it goes up to. And like you said, the top tier guys are making you know big change. What you know, twelve to fifteen a year, and um, that's you know three point four for what he does on this team under the rookie contract. Like I said, I don't think he's dominant at all. I mean, Shy, I please. You can say what you want, man, but he, like it said before, he's get get the bell. He's Jeff Backus. He's average. He, you know, he's, he he struggles with, you know, good to excellent, you know, defensive ends. He has untimely penalties, much like Jeff Backus. And Jeff Backus, you know, never made a Pro Bowl, and, but he was out there starting every game, and you know, he was he was he was average to solid. You know, and that's it's Taylor Decker. That's it's exactly what he is. So for what he's making this year, fine. You know, next year if the Lions like him and give him the 10.3, yeah, I guess I could live with that because then he becomes the un, unrestricted free agent. And, and left tackles, like, they always get paid bank. I mean, even average to solid ones. So I, I can't see him, you know, after that getting some massive, you know, contract incre- increase. So. You know, 3.4 this year for what he does, fourth year of his rookie contract, fine. I, I can live with it. But like you said before on Ricky Wagner, I just I just want him to be better. I, you know, I, I, am I expecting Orlando Pace? No. But right now he's, he's Jeff Backus. He's the exact same guy. Cannot play with him. Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Step your game up. That's pitiful. That's I mean, it's do. absolutely pitiful to, to perform like that. Pitiful. It sucked. It stunk. Now, those last few comments were all from Grifka. I mean, strong take there. Way to bring it home, Grifka, with, uh, you know, saying the, he's not a winner and step his game up and how pitiful he is. Again, Taylor Decker, I've been happy with you as a draft pick. I think that uh, this is a big year for you when it comes to dollars and cents, my friend, because – you play great, they're going to pay you like a, a good left tackle. If you don't, they can probably be looking to move on. And I don't want to move on from our left tackle, man. I don't want to start over at that position. I don't want to 
just ditch Ricky Wagner and think we can put any other stiff over at right tackle because we saw what happened in that in the past. So I think those two guys are going to dictate if this is a really improved offensive line or if we're sitting there in week four or six going, this again, like guys breaking through clean, we can't communicate, we can't do anything. Like I really hope they put this to bed this year and are just blowing people off the ball, carry on's doing big things. So Kenny Wiggins, Grifka. Guy, guy's got a base at 2.5. I mean, a three over $3 million cap hit. I mean, everybody's talking about him sort of being penciled in as the starter here at, at one of the guard spots. But, I mean, that's a number you wouldn't mind moving on from, especially if they go ahead and take care of some of the other guys, Snacks, Slay, people like that. Talk yeah. about Kenny Wiggins and uh, let's just let's just combo him here. Kenny Wiggins and Graham Glasgow. He's a uh, – He's the other guard. He's at around two million bucks and uh, just over a two two million dollar cap hit. Still a really great deal for Graham Glasgow. I've heard a lot of people talking crazy about uh, an extension for this guy. I mean, do I want to keep him? Sure, if if it makes sense. But I hear people throwing out some crazy extension numbers for a guard that hasn't been amazing. I mean, I, I think he's a good locker room guy and a good player. But talk about Wiggins and Glasgow. Okay, I'll start with Wiggins. I guess my favorite number with um, Kenny Wiggins first. I mean, yeah, it's the last year of his deal, and the guy's a veteran. He's been around for a while. But um, the number that really jumps out at me is if they cut him just the dead cap of only 375000 So if if they like, you know, guys that, you know, was it Abushi to start or even they like how Joe Dahl develops and they think he could do it, Wiggins may be one of those guys just to, like, you know, you know, even his salary at 3.125 is not horrendous, but it could be one of those things just like, you know, we like your dead cap, you know, 375, we can, you know, even though the lines have plenty of cap space out there, they might, they might move on from him if they like the, the other guys, but I don't see that happening with him. Um, 3.125 on the last year of his, of his contract. I, I can live with that. I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't think he, he's going to be one of those guys like they need to rush to re-sign him, though, because I think guys like Kenny Wiggins are a dime a dozen. Um, as for uh, Graham Glasgow, um, what this is um, like, I've been hearing some of those same things as well. I know it's a lot of the local people have been saying that. I think everybody's kind of fallen in love with the uh, tie to the University of Michigan. So he might be getting that Michigan, you know, like, oh, he's better than what he actually is. And I like, you know, I like Graham Glasgow. I think he's solid. Um, for um, what they're paying him this year, you know, in, in the contract. But once again, it's one of those guys like I'm not throwing mad money at this guy either. I don't think he's top tier guard. Um, once again, I, I believe he's a, he's a solid guard, and I think he's um, he, he, I don't think he's a guy that's going to get um, was it uh, shaken easily. I, I think he's seen a lot. He's played, you know, he come from Michigan, big program, a lot of big games there. You know, being a starting center in the NFL, you know, that takes a very calm mindset to do. So him bumping over to guard, um, you know, the 2.18, no big deal with that. It's a great contract for, I believe, what he brings. But I wouldn't be breaking the bank for uh, Graham Glasgow, you know, in, in the years to come. Yeah, good take by you. Good uh, good points. We'll, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, we've got – when you're saying good contract for Wiggins, at, you know, over three as a cap hit and, and Glasgow at, at two, two and a half. I mean, when we read off the defensive players, we got young defensive studs making way under a million bucks. So, I mean, there is a difference there, but I agree when you compare it to other positions, other elite players or just other sports, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, two, three million bucks. No big deal. But 
again, you got 53 men that you're paying. So that's why every penny, every penny matters. But I mean, those, those guys will probably be in the mix uh, at, at both guard spots. I mean, Kenny Wiggins, if they could find a better option, I wouldn't mind it. He didn't do anything to really excite me last year, but if he plays solid in camp and they feel like they can get away with him, I've been saying like every line should sort of have one somewhat weak link. I don't want all five guys drafted and paid or whatever. Like that's just a bad use of resources. But um, so if Kenny Wiggins is that guy, that's understandable. Um, let's talk about one other big name here, Grifka, and then we're going to rumble through these last ones and shut this uh, first showdown from the dollars and cents series, close this up and uh, get ready for a big Friday show. So this guy, Grifka, this was a guy that on draft day, I mean, I remember like everyone acted like, oh man, what a shocking pick. Like this guy was projected right around that range. And like you, of course, who like decided way before you're just like, oh man, I just, I don't know. I, I don't take, uh, I don't take guards uh, that high. Uh, and you're just like, when they make the pick, you just go, well, and I'm like, Grifka, this guy could be an all pro center. And, and then sure enough, the Lions go and play him at guard. And he's like, he's decent, you know, but he wasn't amazing last year because he's playing a brand new position for the first time ever in the NFL with grown men, especially guys like Aaron Donald that absolutely took him to school. Frank Ragnow is a guy that I think was drafted at a good spot. He's a super solid football player. You're never going to have to worry about him on off the field. He's going to give you everything he has. And now it appears they've moved him to his natural position the center spot, a spot where he can be dominant. He's a great communicator when it comes to that spot. I think that now his versatility and his ability to play where it's probably more natural for him is going to be big. He's in year two. I expect big things from Frank Gregg now. And let me tell you about his contract. Again, another rookie deal. Lots of rookies and low deals, thanks to Bob Quinn. Everybody wants to sort of bag on this guy for a few of his misses. Like We've been talking about a lot of guys on nothing contracts, and the reason is because he's been pretty, if not more than solid in the draft. Frank Ragnow, barely making over a million in base, uh, has a two point. Uh, what is that? He's got a it's a two point six ish cap hit. Um, you know, some dead money, uh, but again, he's totally going to be here for years and years to come. Again, I hate to like uh, do it, but I mean, this is the Detroit Kool Aid cast. Drink it in. Uh... Frank Ragnall, Grifka, are you coming around on this guy? I think it's going to be big. He, we need him up front to not only be good, but be better than good and possibly be great. And I think in the next couple of years he can do that. Yeah, like you said, moving to his uh, natural position where he played all those games in college, um, maybe it's one of those things like the coaches just feel like, you know, he'll be more comfortable there. I mean, there are you know, last year we did see a few games where he had streaks of like, gosh, this guy's going to be really, really good. You know, I, I think of the Patriots game where he was just blowing holes open. And then, like you said, going against the elites, everybody struggles with Aaron Donald. So there's, there's nothing you re- really can do about that. But I mean, he was, I mean, he was getting beat like he stole something. So that's, it's one of those things where moving to his more natural position, um, you know, with, like you said, rookie contract at this point, it's it's going to be one of those things where, like you said, he's going to be around. He's taking the first round. This guy's going to be here. They're not going to cut him, so we're not going to have to worry about dead cap or anything like that. Um, the biggest thing is, like, 
when you were talking, you said the term years and years, you know, could be elite, could be all pro. And I know we're talking about this and you said you don't want, you know, all your guys drafted, but it's one of those things like we were talking about where if they, they, they have the cap space and obviously the cap's going to go up, you know, maybe if they do want to pay, you know, we're not talking elite money for like Glasgow or even keep Taylor Decker around for a number of years. You know, they could do the same with, you know, Ragnar if he does become that all pro, if he does become somebody I, you know, recently I think of like maybe the, you know, uh, Pouncey at center, Nick Mangold's another guy who was really dominant for the Jets for a long time. I could see him very comparable to him. And if he turns out to be a Nick Mangold, I, I would, you know, okay, fine. I'll eat curl on that pick, but, uh, Let's let's see what he does at this position right here. You know, moving to his more natural position. Yeah, man. Let's see what he does, and then you can tell us about it after the fact. Um, let Let's talk about. And I will. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Let's Let's talk about uh, some guys in some bundles here. So we got we got Abushi. We've got uh, one of the better names in football. We've got Joe Dahl. Good job, Joe Dahl. And we've got. Uh, Man, Andrew Donnell is still sort of on this roster, at least on this sheet that we we uh, pulled a couple days ago. So I know that was a guy they they pulled. Um, I thought they had got rid of him a couple times, but he's he listed as a guard. He used to be a tackle, I believe. Um, any thoughts on those three guys? I mean, barely all of them under a million or less. And uh, I mean, Abushi, Joe Dahl. You see anything there? The um. That's the three-way competition at the other uh, other guard spot, along with uh, Kenny Wiggins. So, like I said, Joe Dahl, I think was it, it's what is. I think this is the last year of the contract that he's in, if I remember correctly. And like even his dead cap money's only like at sixty-one thousand. So if they don't think he's gonna, you know, develop or they think he should, don't get me wrong, I'm really gonna miss the good job Joe Dahl soundbite. But um. <laughs> I get that on soundboard. Yeah, if and he makes I, the team. Yeah, and um, Abushi's a one-year deal, so um, his dead cap's only two hundred fifty. If they cut him, if they don't think him, if they decide to keep Joe Dahl instead, I mean, this is already pen. I mean, pencil and Kenny Wiggins, and this is the starter. So, you know, once again, they're small contracts, one year left on each one. Um, you know, once they're not, they're not a big percentage of what the um, of what the total cap hit is this year for the total team. So. That's just going to be the competition with those three guys right now. Yeah, my dark horse, again, is is Abushi. He's got a great name. The thing I like the most about him, though, because I I don't judge people on their names or or grade them highly like Grifka does in the draft, um, is Abushi to me is a guy that uh, he's sort of come around. So he's been in different systems. He always seemed to pick it up quick. He's played when healthy. And uh, I think there's something to be said about that, man. There's some guys that can get up to speed quickly and can – you know, find their way onto a starting lineup and there's guys that can't. And so I think this guy wouldn't be surprised if he had got made a little noise in camp and people start talking about, well, maybe this is the other guy, you know, there's going to be like the four main guys on our line and the other guy. And uh, I think he might be the other guy, Joe Dahl. I mean, I love that he's bulked up and working hard. And like I said, I just sort of mentally moved on that he can't really play at the NFL level or he would have, you know, in some different roles, everybody gives him all this credit. Oh, he's a great fullback. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't want a big old guard playing fullback. I want my boy Nick Bodden, who we'll get to in another uh, show on dollars and cents, to get healthy and to get in there and smash people like he did. Uh, Andrew Donnell, no real uh, 
you know, takes on him. I remember I thought he was as a draft guy. I think I remember him like sort of having some interest, but he just hasn't been healthy and panned out. Um, we've got Luke Bow and Co. Boenko, I think is what it is. <laughs> yeah, Luke Boenko never heard of me backup center. You know, we do uh, – they used to kind of have – what was it, Kilimatangi or something I think was the backup center. It looks like they've um, – I moved on from him. But, um, you know, Tyler uh, – not Tyler, Terrell Crosby, Grifka. Again, a guy that I actually took in the draft, the same as the Lions. I love the value. I love when he slipped. I can't really figure out where this guy fits on the team, and but I mean he makes no money, five hundred thousand bucks basically, um, you know, six hundred on a cap hit. I mean, I would like to find room for this guy, but everybody's like, "Oh, he played tackle only." Well, we'd like to use him at a swing guard. Like, I think he really's got to find a role for himself. But I wouldn't. I don't want to move on from this guy because I haven't even seen him play yet, and I feel like we took him in the fifth. I want to say so. You know, still a decent draft resource. Like, let's find a role for Terrell Crosby. Right. I think Terrell Crosby, to me, he may be uh, Ricky Wagner's replacement. So it could be like we had talked about Ricky yeah, Wagner like next year or the year after. You know, if you want to move on from that, you know, with the small, you know, from that large cap hit compared to the dead money that he'd be making, you'd be more than willing to take that dead cap based on what Terrell Crosby's making. I mean, like you said, he's making peanuts. So you let him develop this year. You get, you know, see if Ricky can produce and like, I think step, you know, need to step up his game a little more. If not, you cut big with him next year. Yeah. Crosby has been in the system for a couple of years. He makes peanuts. Give him a try. Did you say Ricky Wagner needs to, uh, what'd you say? Improve. He needs to step his game up. <laughs> step your game up. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, Okay, let's talk about one other big name and then a guy I didn't, I don't know much about at all. So, Bo Benchwowl, one of the other uh, top ten names in football, a guy that I uh, really liked in the draft process, a guy that, you know, was surprised he went undrafted, loved that the Lions got him. I mean, he's got quite the, you know, work to do to kind of climb up this depth chart and make an impact or even make the roster, but... I mean, the guy went to Wisconsin. He was basically a beast his, his, his whole career there. I mean, I don't know why we'd write this guy off of, again, it's a guard. I don't, it wouldn't shock me if he sort of just outplayed enough people with his opportunities to climb up that depth chart to be not only a, a backup swing guard or, you know, who's to say this guy can't start in the league? I mean, uh, we've already talked about these other guys that are very marginal at that other guy position. So, uh, I liked your take on Terrell Crosby. I think if he could be penciled in as the kind of replacement tackle at basically either spot, because he played left a lot in uh, college or, uh, you know, right if they move on from Ricky Wagner. I like that as an idea. And, uh, you know, I hope this kid gets a chance. And the other name on the list is Micah St. Andrew. Um, both guys making under 500K on a minimum. Like Rifka said, um, they can move on with no issues. So, any thoughts on those two? Uh, Micah St. Andrew, um, Cannon Fodder, uh, Bo Benchwall. He's, I, I believe he's one of those guys, if his tape, even in preseason and some of the games, is even decent. The number of other teams that wanted to sign this guy to uh, you know, undraft a rookie contract, 
I don't believe he can hide on the practice squad because we all know if you go on the practice squad, you can get signed at any point and the team has no recourse other than putting you on the roster. I think if he puts enough good tape out there and the line's going to be like, no, we want this guy to develop, they might keep him on the roster at the expense of a Joe Dollar or a Boucher. And he just may be one of those guys who's inactive week after week. And then, you know, next year, if he's, if he produces or progresses like they want, he could be that other that other guard opposite Graham Glasgow or however they work it out. So once again, his, his contract, it's peanuts. So I, I think that's, what's going to have to happen. If, if he has any good tape, he's not going to the practice squad. He's going to have to make the squad because if he goes practice squad, somebody else is going to take him. Good stuff, man. We've talked about the D line and the O line. We got through a lot today, uh, probably a little bit longer show than we have been doing, but uh, fun, man. We not only got to talk about these uh, dollars and cents, man, lots of good takes on all these different players, two really critical positions. We thought the D line was much improved and uh, you know, this O line has got to do work uh, and be better and be dominant. So um, fun dollars and cents series. Grifka, we're here to talk about that money. So, Grifka, man, uh, it's been a fun show. It's been totally great to come back. Grifka, before we get out of here, do you want to tell the people about how I whooped you up in some washers over the holiday break? I showed up to uh, the good old Casa de Grifka. I told you I was going to whoop your tail, and I did so in the game of washers. You got any comments for the people? Yeah, that was amazing. We went, but what, best two out of three, and I won the first game, and then you won the second game by a good amount. But then that third game, I took you to the edge. You know, first time I ever played that game. I mean, the game's pretty fun. So, uh, you know, it, it'll be it'll be nice to play you again. I, I know you're at home right now. What you'll be doing later tonight after we finish this is that you're going to go out and practice because the way I showed you up on that one game where I beat you, you almost like just grabbed your game and left. But I had to talk you off the edge. But, yeah, that, that was a good time. It was a good game. Huh, that's not that's not totally how I remember it going down. I mean, I, I guess you probably like hand grenades and horseshoes too, right, Grifka, where you get points for maybe. What is it you usually tell me about Ziggy? How many maybes and, and almost sacks he got? Man, you almost maybe beat me, but you didn't. I, I beat you down like I said I would, man. Uh, the people know that I'm going to go undefeated against you in life. I mean, can we agree on that? Um, no, we're not going to agree on that, to be honest with you, because I think next time we play, I'll beat you because – for as much talk as you made, I, I, I'd be more afraid of your grandma beating me at this game. You, you made her sound like she was all world at this, so I'd be more worried about her skunking me out of a game more so than Grifka, you. So. my grandma would absolutely whoop you like have, like you've never – and she would talk trash to you all game because all game – I can live with that. Much much respect. Much respect, grandma. Much respect. That's all I'm saying. But I, don't, I think next time we play, man, I got you. Like, no problem. She, she would look at you while you're scoring no points and go, Struggling, struggle, struggling. She would just let you know how bad you're doing, Gritka. And that's what I'm going to do next time when I beat you. We had some fun, though, man. It was good to hang out. Uh, a lot of times we're um, having fun here on the show, but always fun to get together as buddies. So everybody out there, man, we've uh, had a great show. We're going to come back and uh, talk all things quarterbacks, safeties, dollars, and cents. Gritka. Do you have anything else for the people? Uh, nope. There it is, everybody. We are back, and we'll catch you back here right here on Friday for another episode of the Detroit Kool-Aid Cast. Take care, everybody. We're out.
Drink it in, man.